Okay, hi, welcome to Wild and Theology. This is Kaylee. I think I'm just going to say that every single time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this episode, this is our first official episode, and we are going to be going through my most recent mushroom trip. It's just a trip report, and yeah, hope you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so yeah, just some, some basic information. Um, I guess it's been a month now that I've, yeah, that I've, um, since I've done the, the trip, I did two grams of, uh, mushrooms. The strain was penis envy mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. <laughs> I remember when I, when I found that strain on the website, mm. um, I was really inspired to, to try it because yeah. first of all, it's like, like a Freudian illusion kind of thing, <laughs> which is cool. And also yeah. it was apparently discovered by Terrence McKenna or something. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. That's a huge selling point. If yeah. you say anything, it's like, oh, Terrence McKenna. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I got to do this. Uh-huh. Um, and it also, it said it was quite potent, so mm-hmm. that's cool. So yeah, I, I was ready that day to do mushrooms with Will as my guide. Well, not really my guide. You were just holding the space. Yeah. The, the sitter. Yeah. And... So leading up to this trip, leading up to the planning and the anticipating of this trip, um, for months, for like the, uh, the last few months, since about September, I was like anticipating that it was time to, to do a mushroom trip again. Mm-hmm. It had been since last February and I was, I was, I had this intuitive feeling that this was something that I was ready for. Mm-hmm. Well, especially waiting that long, like by that point, if you feel like you're ready for another one, it's like, okay, I'm ready for another one. Yeah. Whereas like I can get in the headspace where it's like, I've just had one and I make like some really good realizations and then I'm like, oh, what's next? Like, yeah. let's do it again. Yeah, right? exactly. You definitely need time, time mm-hmm. to integrate and such. For but, sure. But definitely I was, I was really struggling with my emotional health since this, this summertime. So obviously lockdown is really extreme in Montreal right now, which is where we are. And I've been living alone since it got really severe at the beginning of October. So I had been living with my ex-partner and we split up at the end of summer and he moved out in September. So at that time, I was really being confronted with just how emotionally dependent I was. Mm-hmm on him and also like I had all these pre-existing mental health issues that we can get into more depth later but all of a sudden having to be on my own with all of that was very overwhelming right you just have your support system basically completely removed yeah in quarantine as well like exactly so having to be alone was just like I just wasn't prepared for that Mm -hmm. and so like how did your um how did your mental health issues kind of manifest during this time? Um so it was really a lot of anxiety, like mm. physical experiences of anxiety, feeling really like incapable of sitting with those feelings. Like I yeah. was just like in this intense place of resistance where I just didn't want to I didn't want to accept this pain that I was okay. feeling. So it was just a lot of trying to fill that void and through distractions and other stimulation and not not being willing to to sit with that just the anxiety that came with all this time spent in my head and not knowing like where to turn to not not being mm-hmm. like open about that with other people like always looking for support and for someone to lean on but not really but I wasn't achieving the levels of connection that I desired because I wasn't really able to be fully vulnerable because I was in this state of resistance where I wasn't even accepting like how bad it really was for Mm -hmm. me you know so that characterizes the the state that I was in it's just like intense resistance which which for me is just a creation of tension around what is like yeah so it's like the opposite 
of acceptance and mm-hmm. peace and surrender because even if something even if you are suffering like there is it's an act of surrender to admit that to yourself and to be like okay. i need help and it's this this is actually really hard for me and mm-hmm. to to be vulnerable and open about that kind of thing mm-hmm. so that's like you don't want there to be something wrong with you no exactly yeah. and you don't want to tell other people that really you know mm-hmm. like even when you know that you have like intellectually you know that these people are here for you putting yourself out there and in the moment when you have to tell this person what you're afraid to say it's very intimidating in that way and you just like all your emotions are telling you that it's going to go wrong yes Mm -hmm. and that's like one of the major lessons that i've received during like my past mushroom trips is this feeling that i'm of a very having a very strong foundation Mm. that I'm capable of experiencing whatever comes up in that state Mm. because it's highly variable it can be very emotional and intense but there's never been a time where I feel like I've had a bad trip necessarily because I've had that that level of acceptance of whatever happens and just to like allow it to wash over me Mm -hmm. And through being in that state of lacking of resistance, things can reach their, come to their natural conclusion, you know, because it's like all of our emotions want to be felt. And when you allow them to come in, instead of like, it it seems counterintuitive to like embrace negative emotions in order to stop feeling them, you know, like we want to ignore things and hope that it will just go away, but it actually won't, it's not going to go anywhere. And it takes that level of embracing for it to to truly be felt and then fall away. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was not doing. So. <laughs> yeah. So all that great like little blurb there, and then you're just like, exactly. I was not doing yeah. any of that. Yeah. No, like 100%. No. And I, as I recognized that, I was feeling this this inspiration to do mushrooms. One of the main ways that all this was manifesting was insomnia. Well, that was through the anxiety mm-hmm. like through the, the, and through the distractions and the running away. It was like all of a sudden at nighttime lights are off. It's dark. It's just me and my thoughts and all of it would come up and it would just create this intense automatic fear response. That yeah. I felt like I had no control over and then I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. So that's really awful. It's a really awful feeling. So going into this trip, my intention was to get back to that state of being in surrender, Mm -hmm. to surrender to the unknown. Yeah, so like going into psychedelic experiences, the the beauty of it is that we don't know what we're going to get. It's like this place that we're able to be to let go of those regular expectations and kind of be in the state of openness to receiving insight and valuable lessons that we, we couldn't possibly anticipate most of the time. Like everything that I've learned from psychedelics, like it's not something that I could have anticipated that I would learn. So just embracing that mystery for sure. Yeah. And surrendering to it is super important going in. Mm-hmm. It just recontextualizes everything. Yeah. It's such like a unique mental space to be in that you just come up with ideas or like new understandings that you're just like, how could I not have realized that before? Mm-hmm. But you just can't think outside the box like that. Yes, mm. exactly. Because we're so in our like expectations and stuff. Like we know so much about mm. our lives and the world. And like it kind of prevents us from being in that state of possibility usually because we're just projecting that onto the world and we get more of the same thing based yeah, on that. Exactly. Uh, so yeah. Surrender and release and allow whatever, whatever needed to come up. Yeah. And that's not an easy, an easy thing to do. Yeah. So that like, that was your intention basically going in yeah. it's just to do that. Like whatever come, that's what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. So like, how was the, uh, like once you actually took them, how was the come up? It was intense at first. It always is uncomfortable to a degree because of course you're just becoming so 
much more aware of every sensation that's mm-hmm. happening. And I really just tried to meditate through it, sitting in my bed and just tried to stay present as much as possible with everything that came up, whether that was a bodily sensation or a thought. So in terms of the bodily sensations, I was trying to like immediately like shake my body to kind of like let it come, like bring it fully into my awareness and like release that energy that was like building up, which was like, like the resistance to the discomfort, you know, when you're like, you're so you start feeling something. So you want to like tense up. Yeah. Instead, I was just like relaxed and trying to release as it was happening and also crying a bit. That always <laughs> happens. That's just inevitable with mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but then thoughts too. So anything, anything that was coming up that even seemed trivial or unimportant, I was just bringing my awareness to it and like allowing it to evolve into whatever it was trying to trying to say, like, what is this showing me about myself? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. And there were two main thoughts. And it's interesting because it, it was one physiological thought and then one mental thought kind of two two areas that seemed so like, unimportant at first but then they like took on these greater meanings so one was my cold feet and then one was um thoughts about school like very cynical thoughts about school okay and this is really interesting so because at first it was just like i started thinking about school and how it seemed like i was just storing information like people were just telling me things and I just knew more things and I, I really was just having these very cynical thoughts. Like mm-hmm. what is the point of this and why, what value is this really giving my life? Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. I mean, but, um, I mean, especially cause you're spending so much money to do this. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, by, by kind of leaning into this, this thought about school, it kind of took on this greater meaning mm-hmm. to me. So as I was contemplating school and my personal experience with education and having all of these thoughts, mm-hmm. I started to have this vision of a ladder. And this ladder was, it was like, a, it was a green ladder on like a pure white background. Okay. And at every rung, there were these different clusters. And as I was zooming out from my personal experience with psychology, that became just one cluster. And all these different other clusters that were scattered across the ladder were representing different areas of study, different perspectives on reality. Okay. And every person's perspective that they view reality from is like, is coming from their, like their worldview based on what they know about the world, based on their experiences and these clusters were representing they were like very broad domains of knowing but every individual person like can ideally see from many perspectives like ideally you have more than one of these Mm -hmm. and you're able to um, change the lens through which you view the world but what was what was coming to me about this like the commonality between all these different clusters was that they were all just different ways of understanding the physical world that we live in and it was all very much connected to this reality mm-hmm. in this this three-dimensional space and since there's a ladder i was <laughs> naturally ascending yeah as it, one does as one does with the ladder um but it wasn't me necessarily it was just my awareness my awareness okay. was moving up because as i ascended i seemed to be leaving my body and my life behind did you have like an out-of-body experience like you saw yourself it it did feel that way okay it wasn't quite like that intense but yeah it's it's really hard to say because yeah this was like the vision in my mind but at the same time i was still like here in my room okay so it wasn't so much that like you left your body yeah. it was just like you kind of had this sense of ascending yeah like yeah. my perspective was okay was outside of that why do you think the ladder was green 
I have no idea. You have no idea? Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. I've never you're... mentioned that before, the color of it. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, oh, really? Like, what? Yeah. why was it green? Because the, the white space behind it, which you'll get into, mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But the green, like, why green? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Anyways. Something to consider. Yeah. <laughs> so, ascending this ladder and leaving behind my body and my life, seemingly... I was getting this higher up perspective, kind of like when you're in an airplane and you look down at the world and it Mm. just looks like so small. Okay. And it was appearing to me like a little toy world where we all just play life. And it seemed very like just silly kind of like being unbound by my life and looking down at it and it seeming so small. Mm. And just felt very freeing. And the yeah. physical world looked so trivial, which is a freeing perspective to have because yeah. we live down here all the time and it feels so real to be here. But it was, from up there, ascending this ladder, it really just seemed like it was only one way. Like that, even that material world was just one perspective okay. to ascend from. So it's not only like you have these different clusters, it's like, okay, all these clusters are just part of this one thing. Yeah. And so like you, you really zoomed out. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, the, the clusters were definitely representing like these broad notions of, of areas of thought and intellectual life, Mm -hmm. but there was also a personal aspect that was coming up as I was going up this ladder And on both these levels, the broad and the personal, there was this feeling of separation that was being created. Like there was a space between the thing itself and its essence and its absolute isness. And then what we call that thing or the emotion we attach to that thing. It was like, I was really seeing the space between that. So in terms of the personal, if something came up about my life, like my family or some relationship dynamic that I was having problems with, there would initially be initially be an emotion attached to that. Like it would, it would appear, it would come up as one thing, but then I would see that they were like, watch them separate basically. And create that space in between the thing itself and then what we call it or what I call it. Mm-hmm. And then the, there's this essential difference. There's this essential difference between what we call a thing and then what it really is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you call a thing, does that include like um, all of the emotions and stuff like this that you attach to it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So at that personal level, it would be the emotion that we attach to it. Any kind of value we put on something is separate from what it really just is. Okay. In I see. Essence. Yeah. So it's like your full interpretation of a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So experiencing these, these situations that would come up as like a conflict and then deconstructing it back to like, it just is. And any value or emotion I feel is something that I put on it. And I choose to put that on it mm-hmm. was kind of, it was just this experience of, of freeing up all that emotion and um, letting go of those attachments. So being up very high on this ladder now, I could see that at the top was just this pure infinite white light and to me, it was an ocean. That's what I was experiencing it as. I was getting this feeling of swimming. And I actually remember being sitting in my bed and like making <laughs> swimming arm motions. Like I was free and I was flowing yeah. through this, this infinite space that was above the material, the physical world that was still down there. And what I understood that space to be pure consciousness Mm -hmm. and pure consciousness, I guess, meaning 
every bit of experience that has ever been had by any singular person down here in this world. Mm. At that level, it was it was unbound by any individual person, and it was all in this collective space. Yeah, that I was accessing because my consciousness was up there. And I was unbound by my body, so I was just like flowing through this, yeah. this infinite ocean of consciousness. Okay. And so, just to like clarify, it was mm-hmm. like everything down there was like like what we would call everything like out like if if I look at this chair, like I see the chair, but then there's like a chair that is out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff was like below you. Mm-hmm. And then everything that everyone has ever experienced, including that experience of the chair, was all like floating up above basically. Yes. Okay. Exactly. It's cool as fuck. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. And it was it was fun. And I find this part to be one of the hardest parts to put into words because it just seems crazy mm-hmm. that like there's just an ocean of pure consciousness. And now that it is unbound by any body and I was up there, I could just experience anything. Like anything. Like anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I was thinking about artists Okay. and I'm like, wow, I've created that art. I know what it feels like to make that art or that music or to feel yeah. that pain as well. Like all the suffering was there. I could tap into hard things that have been felt by people and okay. all the beauty and all the joy. So you could like feel what it was like to like <clears throat> compose a beautiful piece of music, but then you could dive into like the deepest suffering too. Yes, exactly. And it, it seemed the realization that I was having with that experience was that it didn't matter if Kaylee didn't experience that thing. Okay. Like somebody did. Yeah. And because they did, I had access to it at that collective level. <laughs> what the fuck? That's so awesome. Yeah. It. It's beautiful, for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's like really hitting me how like insane of an experience that is. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've kind of told me about that before, but like now I'm just like realizing what is that? Like what, what does that even mean? Like that's crazy. Exactly. And yeah. it's, it is so hard to like interpret that because it is it's such a it is it is like an out-of-body experience Mm -hmm. and something so beyond what we feel down here in our normal waking consciousness that like what do you do with that what kind what is that saying to you Mm -hmm. obviously everyone has their own interpretations and that's kind of the point exactly yeah exactly so as i was able to experience all the suffering, all the beauty, everything, the full range of any conscious experience that has ever been had mm-hmm. at a human level. I, I had this very, I had a, 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 I had a great feeling of gratitude kind of wash over me that I got to live Kaylee's life. You know, that this was my, this was the human body that this, slice of consciousness kind of ended up in yeah and that was working through her i guess okay i got to experience this body this life this room so there was gratitude there too but that's beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah so it just like you kind of came from this point of being just resistant to everything you were and then you got to like i mean whatever actually was going on of course but like you felt as if you could experience everything and then suddenly you start feeling intense gratitude for all that stuff you were kind of resisting before. Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, So all the problems that felt so real to me down here, I was free from them. I was free from the value that I had placed on it before. So even though I was seeing my life and it was still the exact same, I just wasn't seeing it as, I wasn't experiencing it as the suffering that I was experiencing it as when I was down here in my normal state, in my body. Mm-hmm. Being up there, it made, the realization was that everything was valuable 
as an experience of consciousness and that there wasn't anything that was cuck. I remember what I said about this, but. Well, it kind of sounds like you're saying because everything became valueless because you were able to dissociate yourself from value that everything then became valuable. Yeah. So as I was delighting in this, this beautiful experience of being free from my body, free from my life, and feeling that bliss and that release from all of that, it was beautiful. But there was something about it that didn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. It like somehow the separation that I was experiencing, it was like this pure conscious ocean being up here and the material world being down there. That separation, it didn't feel like the answer. It didn't feel like it was actually solving anything. And this is kind of the idea of spiritual bypassing, mm-hmm. which is kind of, it's just like, it's using spirituality as a way. It's like a way to not deal with your, your problems. Kind okay. of. It's like overly being overly positive and oh, like okay. simplifying it to a level that kind of neglects the actual hard work that you have to do mm-hmm. to, to actually experience like, True spiritual, true spirituality, which would be like really doing some intense hard work on yourself mm-hmm. and getting to those levels through that hard work instead of just yeah. like jumping there and being like, "Oh, it's fine. I'm great. Like I, I've seen the truth now. And yeah. I don't have to. Okay. I'm just free from my life. Like, no, that's not that's not it. Like being up there in that place wasn't the answer to my problems down here. Right. Okay. Like there's real world stuff to do. Exactly. And like just dissociating from the the physical world mm-hmm. isn't going to solve those problems. And yeah. those problems are very real. And Well, I've heard um I've heard stories about like people, um and this is me talking about something I've never experienced, so I'm gonna forget what the actual place was. But like in California where like you'll have these people living on the beach or something. And they'll talk about like how spiritual and enlightenment enlightened they are, but then they'll like steal food from people just to be able to eat and stuff like this. And mm-hmm. it's like, you're so spiritual, but like you're stealing from people. You can't like take care of yourself and stuff like this. And it's mm-hmm. like, are you really spiritual? Or are you just like put yourself in a position where you don't have the problems of, you know, material society? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you even gave, you told me about some example once about, people like they isolated like they went and isolated themselves right yeah and didn't um and they were like denying their sexuality in some way yeah like david uh data or dida i think it's data <laughs> he uh he's kind of talked about how um one of the last things that people on the spiritual path become enlightened around well, you know like whatever that means yeah. is sexuality because most spiritual traditions are like uh, at least a very large portion of them reject the sexual mm-hmm. and kind of reject the baser desires because again it's that spiritual bypassing or i'm above all the baser instincts so you yeah. just like remove them from your world and never actually deal with them mm-hmm. but then if you're ever faced with that thing you completely lose yourself in it because you've never actually dealt with it you've just set up this world where you don't have to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. And I guess that would be kind of like the, um, an example of the stereotypical, like fundamentalist Christian who's hyper homophobic. And then you find out he's like sucking dick on the side or something like <laughs> literally things like that have happened. You yeah, know, it's like of course. this person would claim to be so spiritual. Like I go to church every Sunday, I'm praying every day and stuff like this. I'm a good family man but he's also sucking dick, which he has the right to do, of course. But it's like, there's a little bit of cognitive dissonance going yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that is an example for sure. <laughs> Just anyway, and like even in the psychedelic community, like this, the striving for the experience of ego death, yeah. because the, people just want to like kill off their problems. Right, okay. And they're like, oh, if I can just transcend to this place, then all of it will just figure itself out. Mm-hmm. And people really want that kind of experience, but it actually, you can feel that. But then if you come back here and like, if you can't do the work here, then you're never truly going to be fully integrated. 
Yeah. And so at this, the, this point is kind of where I realized the whole conflict that I've been experiencing recently in the past few months with my emotional distress, but also even beyond that in the past few years, since I'd been doing psychedelics, all of the insight and realizations I've had about myself, my authenticity, mm-hmm. all these, all these beautiful things I've realized my creative potential. I wasn't in a place like I wasn't actually bringing enough of that back into my, my life. Mm-hmm. Cause you were like meditating that full time where you're experiencing this, right? Kind of why? Well, like, I mean, like when you were, uh, when you were feeling resistance before yeah, you were kind of, you like, you were meditating during that time, yeah, you know, and, and you still were unable to like, let go of that resistance in your daily life. For sure. Yeah. So the issue that I was being confronted with was that I've had this strange relationship with life okay. where I'm unsatisfied with regular living in a way mm-hmm. I really have lived a lot of my life in my head, like in my mind, in my imagination, in my fantasies, like that's where I can, where I find joy and peace, mm-hmm. basically just creating this inner world for myself Okay. through listening to music that takes you to another place, takes your mind to different places, having fantasies and imagine like developing my imagination and seeking out these elevated experiences that are beyond your regular life, like going mm-hmm. to music festivals or traveling or even psychedelics are take you so far out of this regular world. Right. And I've kind of always sought out that kind of sensory stimulation mm-hmm. and been largely unsatisfied with life as it happens on a daily, regular basis. It's like, I don't accept that is the full the fullness of life you were like you were looking for your happiness in stimulation yeah exactly and just wanting to live in this inner world but always having this sense of unsatisfaction and being discouraged by the world and by life and Mm -hmm. never feeling truly engaged at this level in the here and now and fully participating in my life and actually creating something that can be experienced as beautiful every day. Like basically just not putting in the hard work and my inner world is this place where I can create all this beauty through imagination and fantasy. That's beautiful Mm -hmm. and wonderful. And these are all great aspects of life, but I've been participating in a way that would create anything more for myself beyond just living in my inner world. Like, Okay, so it was like you were just living for these big events, but then never actually like making your day-to-day life any better. It was just kind of the same old, same old. And then you were wondering why you were so resistant to it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Not even like, not even just big events, so to say. It's just for like, sure. like on a daily basis, relying on things like listening to music and just this kind of escapism okay. yeah. idea that I was always just dependent on. I've always seen the importance of integration, but it's very hard work. But I just, I haven't really been in a place where I'm ready to embody these lessons that I've learned on psychedelics and truly live from this authentic place that has been found in myself. Okay. And this has always led to like greater bouts of depression after like a month after a trip say it's always ends up being so much harder because well now I know all of this stuff and so it's like a burden because now I'm not living in alignment with that and I know I'm not living in alignment with that authentic Mm -hmm. self and that feels so much worse yeah than if I didn't it's like once you clean a little bit of the floor you see how the rest of the floor is so dirty yeah yeah exactly So as I was having all these thoughts, another vision aspect of the trip kept coming up and it was a paintbrush. And at first I didn't know what it meant exactly, but 
at this point where I was past the peak of the mushroom trip now and I was starting to realize that I have to come back to my life and live here now. I was realizing that I had to live my life and mm -hmm. that I was going to have to come out here and talk to you and see you again. And I had this, this paralyzing resistance again mm -hmm. where I was confronted with that fear of, of living my life. I was so afraid. That's where it was coming from. It was this fear of participating because I was so resistant to, to being honest, to being authentic. And then through that, through doing that, risking rejection or criticism or any of the things that or being misunderstood. That's really what the fear was. And it was just easier to not doing that. It was easier to not participate than to put myself out there like that. And it's yeah. coming from this very negative ego place. Like if you don't participate, you're not going to get hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can't lose if you don't play the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was feeling this intense resistance to, to leaving the room to living my life and this vision of a paintbrush started to appear to me. Mm -hmm. So what the paintbrush was representing to me was that consciousness is inherently creative. And by being a, a person in this physical reality that consciousness is working through, that is to be creative. Mm -hmm. So Kaylee is a human being with this creative potential to live in this physical world. And the qualities of will and attention are that which we create with. Yeah, so will and attention were the two forces at work within this con consciousness paintbrush. Okay. So our will is our desire for anything to happen to like create. Um, no, no, that's good. That's, yeah, our that's will, good. our will is like our desire to do something, to do anything, and then our, our our attention is like the energy that we direct at and put into that thing, into something, and these are the forces with which we create our reality. Okay. So, for example, like the stuff that was coming up for me earlier in the trip, say at the personal level, mm -hmm. and like seeing that separation between the isness of the thing. And then what we call that thing. So what we call that thing, the judgments or the value that we put onto it is an act of our, our will. And so through our creative consciousness, we have the power to assign that value, to call things what we want. Like if consciousness is itself creative, then every thought that we have every judgment we make, every value we assign is something that we are creating with our will and attention. So if something, if we call something bad or wrong, then it is bad or wrong. If you call it good and beautiful, then it, it, it takes that on. But you put that there. Like we do that with our consciousness. The things themselves are just what they are. And the value and the meaning is what we give to it. Okay. We create meaning with our consciousness and we create reality with our consciousness through directing our attention and our focus at it. Like anything that you experience, the, the degree to which something is real mm -hmm. is the degree to which your attention is focused on that thing. This comes back to the cold feet mm -hmm. that was experienced at the beginning during the come up and throughout this whole experience of ascending the ladder, this was not on my mind at all. No part of my attention was being directed at that. And so in that time, it's like that didn't exist yeah. because I wasn't consciously aware of it. My consciousness was elsewhere. So that ceased to exist for that time. But as soon as I redirected my consciousness at my feet and realized that they were still cold, it was, I created that reality for myself again. Yeah. And so like the suffering I was experiencing with insomnia 
I was creating that reality for myself by becoming, by being so aware of it every day and fearing it. And same with all of the other, every other emotional issue in my life. Because I was focusing it on it so greatly, it was so real to me. But, but I could, I could redirect my attention. Like I have that power with my consciousness. The will aspect of it is that I could choose to direct it somewhere else, choose to direct my attention elsewhere, my energy elsewhere. And in doing that, create a different reality for myself. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's really hard to say and to really experience when you're so in your experience and it can be so deeply painful at times. It's hard to just direct your experience to direct your attention elsewhere and create a different reality. And, but that's exactly what I was experiencing as the truth. And, and in this, I was realizing the responsibility that I had mm-hmm. with my particular consciousness that especially since I had experienced this, this trip of, feeling disconnected from my life and disconnected from my body, unbound in every way and kind of traveling to this, this higher place with this grander perspective on reality or whatever. Now that I had that experience, it was my responsibility to live my life as Kaylee with that knowledge and create not just for myself, but for the collective. Okay. Like it, it didn't seem so much about me anymore. Hmm. Whereas before I was coming from this ego place that was afraid of rejection or criticism, that was very much like self-preservation and fear. Whereas the responsibility that I was feeling went so much farther than just my life. It was like consciousness could be creative at so many different levels where we're, we're all interconnected at that higher level. So like everything that I experience and everything that I create here is not just for me, it's for everybody. And it's my responsibility to give full expression to Kaylee's life. Mm-hmm. And that it's not, it's not enough just to, to keep myself comfortable and live my life mostly in my head. Like I actually had to do something that this was important and valuable because if this consciousness that is up there is so beautiful and divine and I get to experience it in this world, then this world and this life are beautiful and divine Mm -hmm. and important and valuable. So, and at this point is where I, where the separation between this higher realm of pure consciousness and then the lower realm of the physical world, I saw them merge together through this ocean pouring through (laughs) the physical world. Mm -hmm. And it was really beautiful. And it, it, and consciousness is like this beautiful force that gives life to everything down here. And like this world couldn't exist without it. Like we're creating reality with our consciousness. So it's beautiful. Yeah. So like, like with the cold feet, for example, it's like, obviously the cold feet were always there, mm-hmm. but it's like, it wasn't a problem until you put your attention on it. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, my feet are so cold. I have to yeah. get socks. I have to do this. I have to do that. <laughs> and it like became a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. And because like you had this kind of example in your, in your direct experience to confirm that you're just like started realizing like, Oh, all these other things I'm concerned about. It's like, I'm putting my attention on them so much. And so it it's, it's influencing every other area of my life and I'm making it so much a bigger concern than it has to be. Mm-hmm. And because it's a bigger concern, it influences me more, which makes me think it's an even bigger concern. And it becomes mm-hmm. this like self-reinforcing cycle. Yes. That's exactly it. And it's just funny that it came from, and like I had such a silly direct experience of it. Like it had to be like my feet. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's so funny about the psychedelic experience too. Is like, it can feel so profound to you. Mm-hmm. Even though it, it, like, it doesn't come in the way you think. Like the profound things don't come the way you think they're going to come. And even, yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, it's funny. Well, it just made me think of the time, like, uh, a friend of ours was on mushrooms and he sent us a picture and was like, oh my God, this thing looks so cool. And it was just like a picture of a ceiling fan. <laughs> we're just like, oh, cool, man. <laughs> and, and like, when he explained it to me, I was like, okay, I get it now. It's like this little, like, 
anime flying thing floating in the ceiling, but when you see it silver, you're just like, is it just a ceiling fan? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh man, that's such like a typical psychedelic yes. experience. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh man. So at that point, it became obvious to me that I had to pick up the paintbrush and create from this higher level of consciousness and bring that back, bring that lesson back into the world Mm -hmm. and live here. Ultimately that this material world isn't something that I have to fear or resist that I can embrace it and and I can make it beautiful. Yeah. And something I've, I've, I've noticed back to the school idea, idea of being really cynical about school in the Mm -hmm. beginning and like that I'm realizing how, like through having that thought, even though at the time that thought was coming to me, I'm like, wow, this is very, very cynical. <laughs> that's actually how I think. And that's yeah. how, like, that revealed to me a big limiting belief I had about myself and my education and like, just like how I wasn't really in it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really investing my time very seriously and putting in serious work, my education. I was just kind of like, I'm just doing this. And I, trusted that I was smart enough and I've gotten, I've received good marks, Yeah. but I just wasn't really doing it. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't actually thinking like, okay, how am I going to apply this to like my career? It was just like mm-hmm. going through the motions. Exactly. And just like kind of half-assing it, not, not fully participating. Mm-hmm. And now that is something that I'm integrating is like, I'm really taking school seriously and putting in a lot of effort into reading the material to being really prepared for class mm-hmm. and for engaging too, like actually speaking in class and stuff. And it's totally changed my view, obviously being in more alignment with like future goals too is driving that is motivating me to like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to do really well in this. This is actually important, but I don't know. I just dismissed it for so long it's just been like this thing that's part of like the material world that i don't like yeah i'm like ugh, i don't want to study i just want to like think about stuff (laughs) okay (laughs) not about school stuff that's boring i want to go like explore my imagination Mm -hmm. have your fucking damon and stefan fantasy (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I like I've had the same experience recently too, where it, like I just haven't been taking school seriously as I should, and like unfortunately, my marks show it. Like, they're still good marks, but mm-hmm. like when I want to get into grad school, it's like, are those marks good enough for grad school? Uh, probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to like pull up my socks, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what I'm realizing now with the amount of time I'm putting into it. And I'm putting in a lot of time into it, but it's just that little bit extra that I need to put in to be a B plus A minus student, to be an AA plus student, mm-hmm. right? And it's just that little bit extra effort that I've just been like, is it really worth it? And it's like, yes. Yeah. Yes. In the moment, you, you like lose sight of that bigger picture and just kind of let things slide a bit. Mm-hmm. If you're still doing well in school. You're still smart. I'm still smart. I'm still doing well in school. But it's just those little things that I never... Like went that extra distance for. Yeah. Like even participant pool shit. I've never done that for like the extra three percent. That could have been the difference between an A minus and an A or an A and an A plus. Yeah. But I just didn't do it because so I was like, nah, nah. That's just so true. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 I've been on the cusp of getting um, a, an extra letter grade that could have just been like, oh yeah, if you do the participant pool thing, you'll just get an extra percent or two, mm-hmm. and that that could have been the difference. Like that's, that's talking about like a 0.3 or something GPA, depending on the letter grade extra. That's a lot. Like that, mm-hmm. that's adds up over time with all these classes. And I've just been neglecting that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Just an example of how you can just, yeah. I don't know. Just going pro. It's just it's like just, yeah. being a professional, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Seeing your education is like the beginning of your career. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I haven't really been thinking on that level at all yeah there's this part of the book the war of art by stephen pressfield which i recently read that really perfectly describes 
the experience and the lesson from this trip. Okay. So it's called, this, this particular section is called Testament of a Visionary. And it opens with a quote by William Blake saying, Eternity is in love with the creations of time. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. And so he goes on to interpret this quote, Stephen Pressfield, as, so eternity in this quote is a plane higher than this one a plane of reality superior to the material di dimension in which we dwell, where there is no such thing as time or space. And he even uses the words, it may be pure consciousness. <laughs> like, it's too perfect. It's, it's too, too perfect, perfect yeah. Um, but whatever this realm is, and he even like mentions different interpretations, like people use different words to say the same thing, mm -hmm. like, so you might call that just the universe or you might call it pure consciousness as he mentions, but either way, it's just this, this place and whatever it is, it's, it is connected to this world and it takes interest in this world. Yeah. It, it's not like, it's not nothing basically. Like we're connected to this higher realm and it is. Yeah. There's like, a, it's the idea that there's like a creative force behind mm -hmm life and consciousness and this kind of thing where like an example would be artists and creators kind of talk about how they get into the flow mm -hmm. and it's like the universe is kind of speaking through them and they're not the one who's doing the creating mm -hmm. it's just like they look back on the, the piece of music or the poem they just wrote and they're just like how did i even come up with that and that's kind of this creative force that you're talking about or yeah that's a pretty good description, I think, of what he means by yeah, like this this higher realm being not without personal investment in this mm -hmm. physical world, and that like it's a creative force that works through us, yeah. which is exactly what I was experiencing with this pure consciousness, right? Thing. So you're saying William Blake did mushrooms? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he did. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I hope so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he's kind of characterizing them as, um, beings. So beings that take joy in what we time bound creatures create. Okay. And they're capable of being in love and they're, they're kind of like this force up here, this creative force working through us. Mm -hmm. It's like the muse whispering in our ears. Okay. And you know, if we're listening and if we respond to that call, and have the the courage to create in this world like that gives them joy like this <laughs> basically this creative force it wants yeah. to live through us it wants to be expressed mm -hmm. and that's exactly what i was experiencing like up there there were no bodies there were no individual lives or individual accomplishments there was nothing physical and some of the most beautiful things are physical like all the things that we create all the art and um what else music everything yeah like everything that human beings create like it's, it's not nothing like the material world is beautiful because we create mm -hmm. because we have this creative force running through us and if we answer that call and do and create in this world like this is this is beautiful this is what we are here for that, yeah exactly that's what exactly what we're here for mm -hmm. so he goes on to suggest that everything already exists as potential in that higher realm, but it needs a human being. It mm. needs a physical being down here to give it expression, mm -hmm. to make it a creation of time, so so that eternity can be in love with it. That's awesome. Isn't that beautiful? That is beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And like, you're totally right. That fits so perfectly into your trip. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... To have that direct experience of this weird pure consciousness thing mm -hmm. where like it's flowing into the the material world and through that you realize your creative potential mm -hmm. and then to read this from a book and be like oh this is exactly what i experienced yeah that's amazing yeah. it really is it's a beautiful interpretation that reiterates that main lesson of the point kind of of ascending to these higher levels briefly to have this insight Ultimately, it is to bring it back down here and to live here and to give life and expression to those things. And how beautiful this world is and how beautiful it can be 
when we decide to participate it, participate in it, and create with our our consciousness. Your consciousness. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, so yeah. Okay. So yeah. In terms of integration, integrating this trip now that I am seeing how important it is to bring it back down here and live here in this physical material world. Yeah. Some stuff I've been doing is experiencing myself in this material world. So the whole idea of being less in my head and being more here has really gotten me to, to find ways to experience myself, especially because that's the relationship that was lacking. Because mm-hmm. obviously all of this came from like this fear of being alone and feeling unstable and fragile in myself and not wanting to not feeling like I was enough to give myself the support and love that I needed. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's part of it too, is finally embracing being alone. So yeah, experiencing myself through, through doing things like this, like oh, this is a podcast now and we're having a conversation, but even just when I'm alone, I do a lot of speaking to myself mm-hmm. on voice memos or making videos of myself and like really hearing my voice and really seeing myself the way somebody else might see me or the way that I really am instead of being in this, in this being in my head and just having this distorted view of myself is essentially distorted because it's only existing in my head and I don't actually know what I am like out here in this world. So to really like, to really listen to my voice, to really see my face and stuff. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And through doing this, I've realized how little I've, how little I know about myself and how little I connect to myself on a daily basis okay. and just building up this strong foundation of self and working through a lot of my limiting beliefs, I guess. And yeah, just like, just not being afraid of myself anymore, not being afraid of spending time alone with myself and yeah. fearing what's going to come up and being in resistance to that. And through through doing things like creating voice memos or creating vision, videos of myself speaking, it brings out a lot of playfulness and silliness in myself and even especially around areas that have been filled with tension yeah. and things that are highly sensitive to me, like those are the exact areas that I need to work into and mm-hmm. become comfortable with and build a relationship with those things instead of resisting them. Yeah. And through that, I can work through it finally. I can allow it to come up. I can really figure out where, what the root cause of that feeling is or where that came from. And yeah, by, um, and like, and seeing those points, those points of tension and stuff, seeing them as opportunities for further understanding and growth, approaching them with curiosity and seeing it as an opportunity rather than something to be feared and resisted mm-hmm. at all costs. And, um, hmm. ba, 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 ba. so on this note of experiencing myself and building that strong foundation and um, not being afraid to be alone, something that I realized, or I mean, yeah, something that I've, really been conscious of is the fact that I've never not only just like been single, like not had a long-term boyfriend or partner, but even I've never even really been without (laughs) in the last like 10 years, probably since I was 13 and had a boyfriend, like in that time, I've never really been without some external source of validation Mm -hmm. and admiration and approval and someone to be like, you're so beautiful. I love you. (laughs) So like, I've never really learned to give that to myself. Yeah. And I've always relied on that. And Mm -hmm. that's come up a lot in this time since the trip where now I'm, I'm ready to kind of ready to do that work and, and look into myself. Whereas before I really wasn't, I was unstable and I wasn't, it was all symptom management instead of truly getting to the root cause. Now that I'm in a stable place and ready to get to that root cause, this has been something that I have really been conscious of, of being like genuinely, genuinely on my own and not needing that, that external source of validation anymore and learning to love myself 
like truly and being fully satisfied with that. And it's not easy because, mm. you know, even as I like, I make these voice memos, I make these videos and I watch them back and I'm like, Oh, you're so funny. You're so beautiful. And I feel like close to myself and connected yeah. in that way. And like, I mean, I definitely suffered from a distorted view of myself where I thought that I was like not good enough on every level. Like I just was like, I just thought I wasn't good enough. That was my view of myself. Yeah. Like, and through experiencing myself, I'm like, I actually, I, I do think I am like beautiful or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. Not that that's the highest goal in your life, but like, <laughs> when you've had like such a distorted view of yourself for so long, just yeah. to see something positive, you're like, yes, like, and to see something that's, that's more accurate too. Yeah. It's not this, this thing in my mind. I'm like, Oh, I actually, I do like myself and mm -hmm. I do love myself, but I'm still working on like having that be enough Yeah. because there is still like, it comes up a lot where I'm like, Oh, but I want someone to tell me that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, especially now that I'm realizing it for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I want to share that. I want to share this beauty, this light with somebody else and have mm -hmm. them experiencing it too. But That's such an interesting potential trap where it's like you, you gain this new level of confidence and positive self-image, but then you, you want someone to validate that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So it's just a process and I'm still in it and there's yeah. still tons to go through so, still so many places mm -hmm. to work through and realize where the, there are those yeah. so many more points to get stuck at and then work through and that's yeah. just the beauty of it it's yeah. the beauty of being along this journey is that you're never going to be done and that's okay it's it's all it's all beautiful it's all worthwhile you get to a point in your development where you accept the fact that there's always going to be more to work on mm -hmm. and so you make the process of improvement fun. Yeah. You know, and it, it again, it, it takes a certain level of mental health and optimism to be able to adopt that mindset. And that's something that a lot of people just don't have. Mm -hmm. But when you look at something like the psychedelic experiences, it's like it, it opens up this ability to see yourself like that. Mm -hmm. And so you can see, you can, you can have that contrast and see like, Oh my God, it doesn't always have to be like this. There is, another way of being 100 that's exactly it because just like we were saying at the beginning about having all these expectations and just creating more of the same thing all the time we get so stuck in our ways and it's it can feel impossible to get a different perspective mm -hmm. and through doing psychedelics it's it frees up so much of that energy that creative energy where you're like oh it doesn't have to be that way like that is just one way the way i was in it's not the way I have to be. Yeah. And you become freer mm -hmm. through that, through that realization. But then, yeah, the point is to come back down and then to, to yeah. change your life. Yeah. Because now you realize, you realize what's possible. Yeah. And I mean, mm -hmm. like we were listening to that, uh, both individually listened to that podcast with, uh, Dr. Michael Johnson, Matthew Johnson, Matthew Johnson. Yeah. And he was kind of talking about this. And I know we've talked about this before where it's like, the difference between psychedelics and a antidepressant and not to like denigrate antidepressants, they have their place, of course. But like the thing about a psychedelic is that it doesn't just make you better. It gives you the tools and mindsets you need to help you make yourself better. And mm -hmm. so it's like a lifestyle change, a deep identity level change. Yeah. And that's the long-term benefit of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Psychedelics are beautiful. I love them so much. I mean, clearly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're making this podcast about them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm so glad that like the world is seeing that. I am so glad too. It's so exciting. I've never had mm. more hope. Like psychedelics have never given me, I mean, sorry, psychedelics have, nothing has ever given me <laughs> as much hope about my own personal life as psychedelics. Yeah. And it goes so much farther beyond that. Like, to the collective level where yeah. nothing has given me more hope. And especially now that the world is, is realizing that and it's being more accepted and studied and it's only the beginning mm -hmm. of what these substances are capable of doing yeah. for all of us. So. Yeah. And I really feel that it's at a time in our society where, you know, we've kind of, especially in the West, obviously we've kind of like solved the survival needs. And now we're starting to talk about like, 
the emotional needs and the belonging need, yeah. belongingness needs where you have people who are more depressed than ever are more anxious than ever and stuff like this. And it's like psychedelics are how we really connect with that human part of ourselves where we, we just honor our emotions and our emotional experience. We try to find that meaning in our lives so that we're not so depressed because the world is meaningless or we're not so anxious because things aren't going exactly the way we wanted to. We can mm -hmm. reconnect with our human element and our ability, our will and attention, our creative power to make something better for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. Well, that pretty much sums up my experience. And I'm very, very grateful to have this opportunity to share this meaningful, meaningful experience in my life yeah. on this podcast. Thank you so much for sharing with me. And I'm sure the viewers will <laughs> enjoy your story. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>